0: All right, as Pastor said, he's um, asked me to bring the devotion to this evening. So, if you can take your Bibles to, first, to the book of 1 John, chapter 1, please. I've been, uh, I've been working on some thoughts um, for some preaching into India uh, in the next few weeks. And I thought I'd take part of that and develop a simple thought for you this evening. And I hope. Um, that the Lord might use it and help and encourage you tonight as he's working on me about this as well and it's something that every Christian can work on and can develop. But before we start, I'm going to pray and ask the Lord to help us tonight as we look into this passage and some others as well. Lord, we are so thankful tonight for the opportunity to be in church. You've given us so much freedom and uh, I know you want to uh, meet with us tonight. I know you want to learn from you and I pray that you would just help us to listen, help us to understand the truths found in your word. And I'll just commit the night to you, pray you just help me as I go through some of these thoughts, and pray that you would um, use it to to speak and to be a blessing. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to read from verse 1 to verse 4. The Bible says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. These things write we unto you that your joy might, that your joy may be full. Verse 3 is, is, the, is the thought that I want to expound a little bit tonight and particularly that part where it says that we may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ. But the thought fellowship with the Father. I want to encourage you tonight, I want you to, uh, I want you to think about this, it, it's, it blows my mind that God would seek to have fellowship with us. Very God of Heaven, um, the one that created everything, made us with the with, with the potential to have a, have a relationship with Him. You think about how um, God always intended for man to have have a relationship with Him, and yet we know how the how the story plays out. When God created Adam, um, uh, God made Adam to have fellowship with Him, and, and then when God uh, when Adam um, when Adam disobeyed God, sin entered into the world. And the Bible says that that fellowship or that sweet communion that God had with man was cut off and man's fellowship with God was hindered. And um, we know that because the Bible says um, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, the Bible says, because God loved us first, we love him. The Bible says there in 4, verse 19, we love him because he first loved us. Because God loves mankind so much, he made a way for man to get back into fellowship with God. And that's through his son, Jesus Christ. Verse 3 of our, of our, um, of our passage there, says, That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with, with us. That the, he's describing it, that which we have seen and heard, which is Jesus Christ, we've declared him unto you. And through Jesus Christ, man can have fellowship with God again. Man can have a relationship with God again. Verse four encourages me. it says, these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. And I want to encourage you tonight, as, as we look at some things, I 'm going to make a few statements about about relationships, a few statements about how we can have a relationship with God. and I 'm going to I guess bring out a few a few applications tonight about relationships, and I want you to try and draw those thoughts with your relationship with God. But the ultimate thing is that we can have a relationship with God. And I want to encourage that because you can have joy with that. First statement that I want you to think about is your relationship is one of the key elements to having an effective Christian life. Your relationship with God is one of the key elements. I've been learning this in in my workplace. When I first started with Urban Clean, one of the roles of my of my business is to try and build a relationship with our clients. Um, each one of our franchisees gets a certain amount of work and the key is to is to do, is to build that relationship with each client. You could be the greatest cleaner but if you don't have a relationship with that client, as soon as someone that is cheaper, a competitor comes through, um, you may lose that contract. So we we try and work very hard to try and communicate with each client. We may give them a call. We may try and visit them. We might send them an email. We might try and do little things extra to build that relationship. And the idea is that when we get to know them, they get to know us. They know exactly what they're going to get. If there's an issue, if there's a problem, then they know that, that we will respond, we will try and work work through those things. they know exactly what they 're getting through that relationship they 're less likely to go with a, to go with another competitor if you build that relationship strong and I want you to think about that it 's a key factor for your Christian life as you build a relationship with God, you get to know him, he gets to know you, and it will help you develop a very good um, strong relationship with god so th- Your relationship with God is one of the most key elements for your Christian life. Your relationship with God has a run-on effect with those around you. I want you to think about how how the families around the world are affected, especially the children when they see a relationship between mum and dad. I think about how if you picture a really good relationship where where dad goes to work and, and mum might stay at home and mum may be the keeper of the home and and uh, dad works hard and, and provides for his family and supplies money and, and, and dad comes home and, and dad communicates with mum and communicates with the children and that would seem like the perfect ideal family and sometimes that may be the case and, and you think about the children who, who see dad going to work and coming home and, and, and treating mum right and you, see, and you see the children who, who can see the love between, uh, between mum and dad and that really has a great impact and I hope, that was the, I hope that was the childhood that, that you had, those of you that are older here today. But, you know, that's not always the case. There are a lot of families where the relationship between mum and dad just isn't that way. I think back in my own childhood, and I was trying to think about th- that relationship factor and the impact it has on children. And I think back about the impact it has had on my life. Um, within, within my child upbringing... My mum and my stepdad didn't have a very good relationship. I can never really ever remember times where there was a lot of harmony in the home. Um, my, my real dad and my mum split up um, when I was, well, before I was seven, but my dad left on my seventh birthday. I remember him coming to the house or, or we were at my uncle's place and um, we were having a birthday party and I didn't know much back then. I was only seven. And I didn't understand everything. But he said, Paul, I'm going and I'll see you later and... That was that was the last I saw of him for, um, for 11 years, but in that time, my mum remarried, and uh, with he was really the only dad I ever really knew. But within the family home, there was not a very good relationship. And I remember one night, my mum had always told us as we got older that um, my stepdad used to drink a lot, and he, he used to have his home brew, and it was it was something that was he was proud of, and he drink. He didn't drink a lot of spirits or a lot of wine. It was just it was normally beer. And he'd get drunk a lot. Now, praise the Lord, there, was ne- there weren't that many times where I ever physically got hit, but there was more um, a mental and, and, and verbal abuse um, that I received and my mum received. But I remember my mum always told us that if it ever gets to a point where I think it's going to get too bad, if I tell you to run, you need to run. And it got to an age where I think I was about 16 years old, so I was... Um, I was getting, I guess, close to finishing school and my older brother had already left. He, he got out as soon as he could. And I remember my mum saying one night, I can't remember what, what time of night it was, it was dark, and she said, run. And we lived on a, on a farm in northern New South Wales and there was, we were on a dirt road. We were about maybe eight kilometres out of the very small town of about 1,500 people and um, there was a little independent Baptist church there and we had started going there. And the closest person was probably four or 500 metres across a couple of paddocks and we could always see them. They could kind of hear us because of the sound travelling and that was the only place I could run to. Mum said, run and call someone. And so at 16 years old and during the dark of night I'm running through these paddocks across the way and um, I remember getting to the house and just knocked on the door and I said, I need to make a phone call. And the only person I could think of calling was one of the deacons in the church. So I knew he lived... Along our road, several kilometres down, and uh, his name uh, was Keith. And I rang and said, "Keith, listen, you need to come and help." And uh, I remember it was it was it was it, it was dark outside, and I looked across the paddock at our house, and I could see in the silhouette my mum and my younger brother walking up the driveway, which was probably maybe two or three hundred metres up a dirt road, up to the main up to the main dirt road, and. Uh, I remember them walking up and I remember seeing the, um, the car lights come on and I thought, oh, um, my stepdad's is in chase. And I remember them getting to the road and I, was, I ran as fast as I could up to the road to, to try and meet them. I remember the car coming through the gates and, and coming out onto the dirt road and it was probably 150, 200 metres between us and I was running as fast as I could. I saw the car stop, headlights on and, and as as I saw the silhouette of, of a man get out with a gun in his hand, a rifle. And I didn't know what to do, and it was, very, it was very fearful. And the next thing I know, he got back in the car and he was coming towards me. And I hear my mum was just saying, run, run, run. And then as, the, as my stepdad pulled up, the deacon pulled up. And uh, he was able to calm him down and send him on his way. And we had uh, left that night, we put in a, in a women's shelter. And, and... But the story I, I, I mentioned, that I, I don't say that to too many people, but the impact that it had on me, and maybe that's probably part of the reason why I am the way I am sometimes, but the relationship between mums and dads all around the world, and maybe even you can testify some of the things that maybe you went through as a, as a younger person, the, the, the impact that has on people can be very devastating, and it can overflow into people's lives. And I saw firsthand the relationship between mum and my stepdad not very good. Now they're together today and he's changed a lot and doesn't drink much but he doesn't remember any of that. He doesn't remember half the stuff he did or half the stuff he said or the way he treated us and we've brought it up about school and why I left school and he just can't understand any of it. But I I say that that relationships are very important because they do have an effect on those around you. And I want you to think about your relationship with God and how that impacts those around here. We think about a family situation, we think of the mum and dad and the children, how how it influences and impacts the children. Your relationship with God impacts others. If the relationship isn't good, then the influence you have on others may not be good either. I want you to think, do, do people see you having a good relationship with God? Do they see the, the impact of God? I think about the husband and wife. I think about when that's good, if you had a good upbringing, if, you, if your family core relationship was good, then that's something that you would want to attain to. That's something that, that, that you would strive to be. In my family situation, I would never want to strive to be like that. I wouldn't want to... Try and treat my family like that. I wouldn't want to try and uh, verbally say things to young kids that would purposely hurt them. But your relationship with God is very, very important. Do people see that you're growing? Do people see that you clearly are spending time with God? Do people see the small changes within your Christian life? Do people see that you're growing and, and your mindset is changing and your actions are changing and the way you do things and the way you respond to certain situations. Do they see small changes in your life? We would all love someone to walk in and get saved and instantly be changed and wear a suit and speak the way we speak and, and come and lead the singing and play in the orchestra and do the prayer. We would love that. But it never really happens that way. People get saved and, and as they start to grow and as they start to understand more about God, as God starts to work and change, we see those small things. We see them becoming more regular. We see them making decisions of maybe sacrifice of time and sacrifice of ambitions. And and as God develops them and as they develop with God, we see those things change. I want to encourage you, with your relationship with God, how is that? Can we see the, the smaller outworkings of your life or do we just see the same old you? Your relationship should have an outworking impact. I think um, in Exodus, when, when, when Moses was up on the mount with God and was up there for quite a while, when he came down, the Bible describes the people saw his face shining. There was an outward appearance that he'd been with God. So your relationship does have an effect on others. Did you know that your relationship can recharge you when you spend time with God? I want to encourage you about your relationship. You know, we get in a, a very fast-paced life. There is work, there's family, there's sport, there's things that we want to do, there's, and, and uh, we have a society that is geared that we're on the go all the time. And sometimes we can get physically drained through our work, but we can also get Mentally drained, but we can also get very, very get. We can also get very spiritually drained as well. Um, I think, I think for you, pastor, sometimes because you're always studying, sometimes it's hard. Although you're in the Word, sometimes it's hard because you're you're taking it just to give out to others, and sometimes it can be a struggle for you as well. But we can all fall into that trap where we're so busy, even busy with church life, that our relationship just doesn't get or God doesn't get enough of us or the or the quality relationship that he's looking for and sometimes when we take time to do that when we take time just to sit and be quiet a bit and maybe read and pray and spend a bit of time with God sometimes that can recharge us sometimes just coming to church can recharge us as we think and as we as we listen to the preaching and as we um, I know I've tested I've testified before but sometimes I've come feeling a bit flat a little bit down and but sometimes at the end of church, you can walk away thinking, actually, that's been good. I've actually learned something. or I've actually been encouraged or, or have been edified there. Our relationship can recharge us when we're a little bit down. Our relationship really can only be developed over time and with consistency. I've kind of alluded to that. But when someone comes in and gets saved. It's not instant. And your relationship, even if you've been saved a long time, It needs to be developed continually over time. It needs to be consistent. We never get to a point where we just know everything or we're perfectly right with God because we're sinful. We're just human beings. And I want to encourage you with that. If you've been saved for for any length of time, um, if if you're brought up in a Christian home, don't just take for granted your relationship with God. Be consistent in it. Be willing to listen to what God has to say. Allow God to develop those things within you. So they're just a couple of statements. Now, I just want to give you a couple of thoughts, a couple of challenges about your relationship with God. And then I'm going to leave you with a couple of verses at the end to help you with your relationship with God. The question I want to ask you is, how do you see your relationship with God? Or how do you measure it? How do you judge whether your relationship is going well or not? Firstly, I want to ask you, do you measure your relationship based upon comparison? Do you measure your relationship based upon comparison? Have a look in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter 10. and verse 12. It says, "For we dare not make ourselves of the number." or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise when you consider your spiritual walk and where your relationship is with God do you work out how good it is or where you think it is by comparing yourself with others there are many people i think and i think we all fall into that trap into that trap sometimes We all view people and we see what they do and we start to compare ourselves with others, especially when somebody fails at something or someone is struggling with something or somebody just blatantly just just slips up and does something wrong. Sometimes we look at that person and we make a judgement upon them and inside we're comparing ourselves with them and we think, well, I don't do that, I haven't done that thing or look at the way they're acting or the way they speak, or the decisions they're making in life. I wouldn't do that. And deeply we're comparing ourselves with others. And deeply we're starting to say within ourselves, well, I'm not like that, so I must be okay. I must be pretty good with my Christian walk. Because if they were walking right, like I'm walking right, then they probably wouldn't do that. But we forget we don't... Just like you don't, you don't know my life deeply, you don't know the things I've been through, I don't know the things that you've been through. I don't know the struggles of your life. I don't know th- what things are hindering you. I don't know the relationships that you're struggling with, with with other people. We often look at our young people and we make judgments upon them and I'm guilty of this. We make judgments because of the decisions they make and we think, why don't they just do the right thing? but I don't know the struggles that they're having at home. I don't know the issues that, that they're experiencing in their workplace. I don't know the temptations that they face. I don't know the things that they're going through. And it's, and I'm guilty of that, making judgmental thoughts and thinking, well, I must be okay. And I think each one of us, if we're honest, we would probably do the same. We shouldn't compare ourselves with others and, and make ourselves or judge that we're okay based upon what other people do. And then I guess vice versa, we shouldn't look at others and say, well, they're so much better than me. I really can't be a very good Christian because I can't spend the time that pastor spends in in prayer and fasting. I struggle with that. I look at maybe other men who seem to have it all together and thriving in their business and I've done that. I've looked at another brother and, and thought God's blessing them and I'm never going to be able to do as good as them. That's what my brain's actually thought. And I compare myself with them and automatically I think, well, maybe I'm just not as good as them. Maybe, maybe my relationship is, isn't as good as them. And we compare ourselves and the Bible says it's not wise. We shouldn't do that. So I want to encourage you, when you consider where your relationship is with God, do you base it upon how you see other people? Do you compare you with them? And if you do, God says it's not wise. We need to be careful of that. Do you base your, where your relationship is, I've alluded to this just then, but do you base it upon prosperity? Do you base it on the fact that maybe, okay, God has blessed me, I must be doing something right. I must be really walking with God because I seem to have a lot of wealth coming through or a lot of good health or I'm very popular now. Or sometimes we can just equate some of the things that maybe God is blessing but I believe it is a, a true natural law that of, of, of reaping and sowing. I always get them around the wrong way. I keep, what, sowing and reaping. No, oh, that's right. Sowing and reaping is right, not reaping and sowing. See? Sowing and reaping. If we, it, It's a natural law that when, when man works hard, they can reap after they've sown. Um, in Matthew chapter 5, the Bible briefly mentions that or alludes to that. Matthew 5. Verse 44 and verse 45, the Bible says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Now verse 45 says, That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. When man works hard and they strive and they put certain principles into place, God often blesses. And just because you seem to have abundance or prosperity, it could be just that you're working hard. You're physically working hard. It doesn't always mean that your relationship is right with God. And I think sometimes we, again, we make judgments on people that when things are going bad for people, maybe they're not doing right or when things are maybe befalling, maybe we haven't got what we thought we deserved, then sometimes we equate or maybe I'm not doing as good. Or We need to be careful that we don't just base our relationship or where we stand just on the things that happen to us. I believe God does want to bless and God does want to prosper us. The Bible teaches us that. Um, but if we consider maybe Job's life, the things that happened to him, does that mean he had a really bad relationship with God? It means that he was doing so many bad things because things went against him? I, would, I wouldn't think so. So when you consider those couple of thoughts, how do you see a relationship with God? Don't just base it upon others or physical things. Base it upon as God reveals to you, as you listen and as God works. God will reveal where you are with him. So I want to just leave a couple of verses with you to help you get you thinking about um, how you can build a a better relationship with God. Turn to James chapter 4 and verse 8. James chapter 4 and verse 8. The Bible says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. It goes on to say, cleanse your hands, you sinners and purify your hearts, you double-minded. But that thought, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Within our, within my marriage, if I, I don't want to have a relationship that is far apart from my wife. I don't want to be at be odds. I don't want to have that, that separation. I want to have a, a good, wholesome relationship. I want to have a close relationship. The only way I can do that is to draw nigh to my wife, to get close to her, to, to, to talk with her and to, to, to know more about her and to understand what's happening with her. And I'm sure she wants to do the same with me. And it's the same with God. If we draw nigh to God, the Bible says he will draw nigh to us. If we take time to get close to him, he will get close to us. And know, God is ever willing and and with open arms to have us close, he's not like like my stepdad who really didn't think much of me, didn't think I would, would ever, as I was told many times, I'll never amount to anything. God's not like that. God's not like that. Believe God says you'll amount to everything if you'll just come close. And I want to encourage tonight, if you're not sure how to build a relationship, just think about that verse, draw an to God. Draw an to his word. Be in church. Church is full of people, but it's an opportunity to actually hear God expound the word of God. Uh, a man of God expound the word of God and God develop that and God encourage you but draw nigh to God he will draw nigh to you that's a another whole message on itself and then Psalm 51 and this will be the last thought Psalm 51 verse 10 to 12 as we draw nigh to God as we get close to him and as we kind of get around him a little bit more this should be I guess the prayer of our heart. And this hopefully will help you. So, how do I how do I get started or how do I develop my relationship more? Get closer to God, just to be quiet, get ready to listen to Him, and but then have a heart of in verse ten create in me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, take not thy Holy Spirit from me, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. But our attitude should be, okay, God, I, I need to get close. And then really what you're saying is, God, just reveal to me what I need to know. Work in my heart. Create in me a clean heart. All those things where I, I judge others, or, where, or those things where I've been basing where my relationship is, what I think it is, show me where it's wrong. Do that work in me to reveal what shouldn't be there. Renew a right spirit. And if we can just take, though, I guess, those two simple things, get close to God, allow him to get close to us, and say, God, now that you're really close, I think I'm, I, I may not like it, but I'm ready to hear. I, I know I haven't been very close at all with you in my relationship, but I want to know more. And you'll be surprised what God will do. And it's something i got to learn to do, because I, I don't stay here to stand here that I boast that, hey, I'm really close to God, but I think... God showing me that as well and I want to, I want to, do you want to? Do you want to have a better relationship with God? If you do then I hope that's been a help and an encouragement to you. Why don't we pray and then and pass will hand it back over to you. Lord thank you for um, opportunity just to bring a couple of simple thoughts and I pray that you would use the verses we've read, um, the words that I've been able to express and I pray that you would put them together and Speak to someone's heart, help and encourage them. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.